Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about their favorite movies. Um, and today we're going to have um, a very special guest, but also a very special movie because it's not one from our childhood. So, Eleanor, would you like to introduce our movie? Okay, so the movie we'll be talking about is Thor Ragnarok, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> and our guest is Jason, and I believe the last name is Ray, so that is tell correct. me if I'm wrong. Nope, that's and right. Eleanor, you might have known him at one point in our lives because he lived in River Forest. His, Wait, his, his, is this the race family of the famous Christmas decorations? Yes. You know about that? Of course. We lived in River know. Forest. Yeah, absolutely. Take, like, That's us. We would take like easily like at least weekly walking trips because Bob, our father, loves walking more than life itself. Mm. Um, just to like look at them again and in Like people would come in from out of town and we'd be like, we have to go like look at some Christmas decorations. Oh, yeah. Regularly. Absolutely. You know, all the time we would have people come up to our front door and ring our doorbell and ask to take pictures uh, of their Aww. kids on our front lawn. Of course, we couldn't charge them because Disney would sue the pants off us. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a common occurrence for us growing up. And uh, it was always like a project my father would do with my brothers and sisters and I. And um, we'd help them out when we were kids. And then, of course, we got older and, like, got bored of it. But my mom would make him make a new one every year. Yeah, That's I mean... Awesome. That's a great thing from our childhood connecting us to the yeah. podcast. Is, yeah. And then, and then apparently Anne played on the same soccer team as my younger sister Tasia growing up. Yes. So funny. Oh my gosh, that's too perfect. Right? Isn't it? It's hilarious. Um, but anyway, okay, so Jason is now a coworker of mine. Mm -hmm. um, we teach at a school in Chicago. So, um, and he came up to me, I don't know, like last Monday and was like, Thor Ragnarok. I'm ready to talk about it. And I was like, yeah. I had never intended to see that movie ever, but like, okay. We're gonna um, run with it. Yeah. So I have seen it, um, and I'm ready to talk about yeah. it. But okay, before we do, we have to hop into our favorite pop culture thing of the week. Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Okay. Since since I'm the guest. Yes, uh, you are the guest. My favorite pop culture thing of the week. Hmm. Well, I guess it's something that really hasn't happened yet, but something I'm looking forward to tomorrow, which is the debut of the Justice League movie. Is it tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you can get tickets for like the early Thursday night showing, but I guess te technically the day it comes out is on Friday. But um, it's getting mixed reviews so far. But um, say, they say the reviews I read say the characters are good, uh, but the story and like the villain needs a little work. So... We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing it tomorrow. A Justice League movie has been a long time coming, especially to a long time comic book fan like me. So we'll see how it goes. I, I would say what's interesting about that is so the I don't know how much about the background on the production, you know, but it was a Zack Snyder film, mm -hmm. and then he had a family tragedy yep. in the spring right when they were going to bring in yeah, post-production. Yeah, his daughter um, took her own life. Yeah. yeah. Or is this and we're, I we're I have an all types of excitement today. <laughs> uh, we didn't mention how today is a special day because you are in your classroom and I am not in Los Angeles. I'm in, currently in Brooklyn. Um, but so along with this production, what will be interesting is Josh Whedon took over in post-production. And he's more, much more closely associated with Marvel films as mm -hmm. opposed to DC films. So 
so that'll be interesting. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I heard such bad things about Batman versus Superman. Yes, that, agreed. And I didn't see it. Yeah, it so was bad. the DC world, other than the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, it hasn't always been an interest of mine, but mm-hmm. I also love Wonder Woman, so I have, like, mixed thoughts. So I'm like, right. I kind of just want to wait and hear how much Gal Gadot is in it before I, like, partake of it, 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 se- it seems to me she's definitely a featured part of it. Like, it's really her and Batman's story about them going out into the world and recruiting other superheroes to fight the oncoming alien menace. So yeah, hear, There always and, is one. And I've, and I've heard teased rumors that there might be a Batman-Wonder Woman romance as part what? of the movie. Which is interesting because sometimes in the comics in old times, Batman and Wonder Woman would kind of hook up and... Other times, really? and other times, Wonder Woman and Superman would get together, which seems to me like a more apt pairing because they're yes. both because they're both like outsiders in a in a world, and they're both super strong. And they're and, colors. Yeah, right. They're both primary colors. Right. Interesting. Interesting thing about superheroes, they've always been portrayed in primary colors as like a visual cue for the readers to know that they're the heroes: red, yellow, blue. Really? Whereas whereas villains are often portrayed in green, orange, and yellow, or I'm sorry, green, orange, and purple, um, to like give a visual cue that they're the bad guys in comics. So. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you know so much more about comics yeah, than so, I know so I can, probably about most things. Right, so I, yeah, I can, I can get deep. <laughs> He's like so excited. Okay, Eleanor, so what's your pop culture thing of the week? So it's been, because I've been like so crazy with work and doing a ton of things and outside of the world of television. So I'm also, I'm going to do a two-part thing because part of it is, I don't know what Annie's is going to be, but I really don't want you to talk about the Mindy Project series finale at all because I'm waiting oh, good. very intentionally to watch it with my roommate, Anna. Okay. Uh, very intentionally. I have seen so, it. So, but don't tell me anything. I won't. And then, um, so last night, I had the good fortune to go to see Waitress on Broadway. So, here are my thoughts on it. Waitress, the musical, is atrocious. Like, it's <laughs> a train wreck. I mean... It was, like, pretty miserable. It's music that I haven't listened to the soundtrack before. Every song sounds like a Sarah Bareilles song. That's so because she wrote it. Exactly. Which I imagine it, like, works if it's just her and her guitar. But, like, also Waitress is a dumb story. <laughs> but Have you seen the movie? Waitress? Yeah. No, I haven't. I hate the movie. And I didn't really remember much about the movie other than I hated it, which is weird for me because I love the trope of unexpected pregnancy. But, um, I hate it. Eleanor and loves unexpected pregnancies. Like, unplanned pregnancy in tragedy or comedy hmm. is my favorite trope. Yeah, um, yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, why Little not, right? Are you, So you're like a Teen Mom fan? Are you into the Teen Mom show? No, she loved nervous. the real life of the American teen. No, the secret, secret life. Secret life of the American teen. The only unplanned pregnancy stuff I don't like. Well, I've never seen Teen Mom, but I, so I have no thoughts on it. So, like, I'm not a fan of Juno, and I'm not a fan of Waitress. But, so, but this is a positive spin, what I like. She was casting. So, I was here when Jason Mraz was starring in Waitress as the doctor with whom the main character has an affair. Mr. AZ? Yes. Yeah, Mr. AZ was in it. And, like, so I, I hadn't thought of Jason Mraz in a while. He is so charming, so cute. Yes, agreed. Was adorable, but didn't sing I'm Yours, which is sad, but now I've only been, been singing I'm Yours in my head. So that is my moment right now. Hilarious. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the thing that neither one of you took, um, which is surprising, but Gail Godot 
refusing to be in Wonder Woman 2 if Phil Ratner, Brett Ratner, is not out. Um, I love that. And I think that because, truthfully, I feel like that's how things change. You know, like in Hollywood or in any any industry that's yeah. how things are going to change yeah. so I love that she all of a sudden like because of her own work she now has this big voice that she's using like she's not just like okay I'm Wonder Woman I can make so much money it's like absolutely. no I'm Wonder Woman and because of that I should be held to a higher standard yes, absolutely yeah absolutely I agree good for her on the surface that looks like a real cut and, cut and dry choice for, um, mm-hmm. for Warner Brothers to part with Brett Ratner apparently Brett Ratner has this production company that is that's a major financier of these DC movies, and so like, oh. I hope, so I guess the legal entanglement might be tricky, but hopefully Warner Brothers makes the right decision there and parts ways with them. Right. Yeah. Ratner's not taking the stance that a lot of people are that are owning up to it. He's he's actually suing his accusers, so we'll see what happens. Is with he? That. Yes, yeah. he's suing for libel. I read yeah. that. So we'll see what happens with that. That that'll be a very interesting thing to see play out. It's true. Okay, so we've talked about our favorite pop culture thing of the week. Now we need a synopsis. Also, Tracy's just walking in, and I saw this movie with Tracy, so we might circle her into this conversation. But can you give us a synopsis? Synopsis, sure, of Thor Ragnarok. So uh, Thor, at the end of the movie Age of Ultron, he he says to uh, – yeah, you got to do a little backstory here. Yes, so to, so to figure out where Thor is at the beginning of this movie. So at the end of Thor – at the end of Thor, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Age of Ultron, Thor says he th- he feels like something is up because of this vision he got in this vision pool. It's it's a it's a whole thing, and so he decides to go through the universe to a search for the Infinity Stones, which are what is all leading up to in uh, which what all of this is leading up to for Avengers: Infinity War. The main villain Thanos is going to assemble the Infinity Stones so he can put them in the Infinity Gauntlet, which will give him total mastery over all of time, space, reality, and whatnot. So Thor is off looking. So you Thor, know so much. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into my, my background yet on like Marvel and my comic history. Maybe I should have started with that. But anyways, um, maybe. Uh, so, so Thor is looking for these Infinity Stones. As viewers of the MCU, we know where five of them are. MCU is the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm sorry, right? So these are all how all of these movies are interconnected. So all through these different Marvel movies, we've seen different, I guess what you would call powerful artifacts, or in film terms, MacGuffins that the characters are trying to go after. For a MacGuffin is like the thing that the characters got to go get to drive the plot. But it's kind right? of irrelevant. But it's, yeah, but but Hitchcock. only yeah, only tangentially related to. I love Hitchcock. Yeah. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> So there's so there's five of them. I won't get into the history of all these things there, but so Thor's out looking for these, and he opens up in a cage in the realm of Muspelheim, uh, the prisoner of Surtur the Fire Demon, which blew my comic book loving mind to see Surtur the Fire Demon on screen. I have been a comic book fan for years <laughs> yes, and years quite obviously. and years. You so, know it all. So to see Surtur the Fire Demon was mind blowing, Eleanor. It was mind blowing. <laughs> And then <laughs> it, it was awesome. So so Thor so Thor does his thing. Some Led Zeppelin plays. He, he beats up he beats yes, up uh, some Led Zeppelin some Led Zeppelin plays immigrant song. You know the Viking themed uh, Led Zeppelin song, and he um, he takes Thur- uh, Surtur's I guess his crown is what he calls it back to Asgard to put it in Odin's trophy room, um, and so. <laughs> And so as this so as this happens, um, he gets back to Asgard, and Odin is there watching a play of Loki, 
saving everybody at the end of a movie called Thor The Dark World, which is earlier in the MCU. So Loki is watching himself from his heroic sacrifice at the end of right. Dark World, but he's watching himself in the guise of Odin, who he is secretly sent off somewhere else we don't know where and has been impersonating him as the ruler of Asgard for about two years. MCU time. So, did anybody catch the cameo of Matt Damon as yes, Loki? Yes, I did. I did. Yes. She was shouting that also, at me the whole time. Also, like, Matt Damon. Sam Neill from Jurassic Park plays Odin and Luke Hemsworth, the forgotten Hemsworth, plays Thor in that scene. Wondering so who they that's, were, so that's a little like yeah. That so Sam Neill, you know Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. He's like the main guy with the hat in the Jurassic Park movies. Never seen Jurassic Park? Oh my goodness. Uh, Movi moving on. So um, Jeff Goldblum. So, so 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 Thor outs Loki in front of the whole Asgardian populace, and um, he makes Loki tell him where Odin is. So they go find Odin. He's in a idyllic field in the middle of probably Scandinavia, which was changed actually from the early... Don't they say Norway? It says Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which was changed from an earlier version of the film because in the trailers you see Hela breaking Mjolnir in like an alley in New York or something. Yes. So they changed yes. that. So that was interesting. Taika Waititi talked about that, the director, later. He said it just made more sense uh, narrative-wise for them to be in Norway. That's fine. It didn't really affect the movie. So anyways... So anyways, Odin tells Loki and Thor that his time is over and he needs to pass away. So he turns into some glowy dust and he floats away into the ocean. Uh, and then this is when he, his power has waned. And so his first daughter, his oldest child, Hela, um, is able to emerge from her prison. Fun change here. Hela in the comics is actually Loki's daughter in the comics. Whoa! Yeah, and not, Od and not Odin's daughter. So that's a change. Also, Loki is the father of the wolf, Fenris. In Norse mythology, that's a well, that's a whole other thing. You, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not today. That, we don't have time. That's a whole other thing. So, um, yeah. So Hela comes back. She tells them to kneel, which is a fun throwback to the first Avengers movie when Loki tells everybody to kneel, and he's like, "Beg your pardon." So yes. Yeah. Yes. So Thor throws Mjolnir. Agreed. Thor throws his hammer, Mjolnir, at Hela. She catches it, breaks it, which totally is an awesome demonstration about how of a force she is to be reckoned with. Just totally breaks Mjolnir, the most powerful weapon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the Marvel Comics. Anyways, she, so she starts to attack him, and Thor calls for Heimdall to open the, the Bifrost Bridge so he can get back, but Heimdall's not there. This guy named Scourge is looking at it, and so Scourge is trying to impress some ladies at the Rainbow yes. Bridge, and so he doesn't hear it in time. So he opens the Rainbow Bridge just at the right moment, and Loki and... Thor are sent back to Asgard, but Hela follows him, knocks him out of the Bifrost, right. and they go spinning through the cosmos. So an indeterminate amount of time passes. Thor wakes up on a planet called Sakaar. Now, this is an interesting part of Marvel Comics <laughs> because this is where the conjoining of two classic Marvel stories come into play. It's the Thor Ragnarok story and a story called Planet Hulk, where in the comics, Hulk was sent away by the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, like Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards, who's not in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a whole other thing. And so Hulk ends up on this we planet, and he becomes, and it's like a gladiator story. He becomes a slave to the gladiator, to the king of this land, Sakaar. And so they kind of took like the gladiator part of that story and put it into Thor Ragnarok. It's kind of like an appeasement to the Marvel fans. So Thor shows up. He's captured by Valkyrie, who, as we learn later, is an old Asgardian and a classic Marvel Comics character. Um, 
And so Valkyrie is just kind of drunk and living on this planet and like collecting fighters for the Grandmaster's Contest of Champions. Another throwback to the Marvel comics, the Contest of Champions. <laughs> so. I'm so impressed. Yeah, so. You really know it all. Yeah, so Thor um, is captured and he's put, in an, an obedience disc is put on his neck and um, he's forced to, forced to, uh, forced to battle in the gladiator arena. And this leads to one of his best comedic moments in the film for me. It might have been a throwaway for some other people. But uh, they make him shave his hair. And Stan Lee, like the godfather of Marvel Comics, comes in with like the hair cutting thing. Oh, and, that's Stan Lee. Yeah, and at first Thor is all tough, yeah, like, did, you will not that. you will not cut my hair. But then but then, but then Stan Lee gets closer and Thor totally goes full wuss. And he's like, no kind sir, please don't cut my hair. <laughs> I lost it. It was pretty good. <laughs> I lost it, too. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, so, yeah, I like the no kind, sir. Anyways, uh, so, Thor is in, so Thor is about to start battling. Um, I might have jumped ahead. He meets Korg, uh, who is a race of being called the Cronins, who we see previously in Thor the Dark World. And Korg and Meek are actually prominent characters in the Planet Hulk storyline. They become part of Hulk's, like, brethren that he brings back to Earth uh. after he's mad. Anyways. Another whole, uh, that's a digression. So, so Taika Waititi, the director of the film, did the voice and the motion capture for Korg. If Wait, I, really? Yeah, absolutely. So funny. Yeah. I have to say, I'm going to interrupt the Please, synopsis yes. for a second. I did love that character a lot. Um, Tracy, as my witness, I was laughing at like every word that came out of his mouth mm -hmm. because I thought it was oh, so yeah. funny to have this character who just... For, for seemingly no purpose, was just like, let's revolt! Yeah. But had like the least. The pamphlets. Yes. Yeah. The, had, even printed of pamphlets. He had the worst leadership yeah, skills only, out of anyone I've only, ever the only, seen the only ever. Person, yeah, the only person that came to his revolution was his mom and his mom's boyfriend <laughs> who he hates. <laughs> so funny. So apparently the inspiration for that, Taika Waititi is from New Zealand, and he's always seen these big bouncers who are like big mountains of men, but have these really child like child tiny, child like, child -like voice. voices. Yeah, and so like that was his inspiration for Korg. That's very funny. Yeah, I loved his rock paper scissors joke in there. Oh my gosh, I thought that <laughs> was like, so he's like, funny. Like made of rocks, but you don't need to worry about it unless you're made of scissors. Little rock paper scissors. <laughs> I didn't so think anyways, that was so, so funny. Yeah, so Thor's thrown into the gladiator <laughs> arena uh, by the Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum, who I'll get more into in a second. <laughs> so, um, and so a big moment in the movie that was totally spoiled by the trailers, but I guess Marvel just couldn't resist throwing it in. Was, I didn't know. Was the reveal of Hulk? Yeah, yeah. Was, she had no idea. I was, I'm insanely jealous. I asked jealous. her in the movie. I turned to her. I was like, "Do you know who she's gonna? He's gonna fight?" And she goes. No, and I was like, well, then I'm just not gonna say anything. Yeah, it's 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 a truly amazing moment that I'm truly jealous of you for because of course I've seen like every trailer ten times because you know I stop everything I'm doing when these things come out and watch them like three times, and so and so like that that was an incredible moment. Like even the people in the theater who I'm sure knew it was coming because I see this thing on opening night with all the other MCU nerds, and uh, I'm sure they all knew that was a that elicited a big cheer from the crowd that I saw and so they have an awesome battle Thor or Hulk knocks him out Thor wakes up and then Hulk's in a hot tub <laughs> and we see a little Hulk butt <laughs> which is hilarious <laughs> he's uh, losing this, this, it over the Hulk this, butt this movie is so funny because remember you like he gets out of that hot tub and Thor's like I can't unsee that it's burned in my brain forever right yes yeah it's pretty good stuff I mean I get this yeah and so yeah so um 
And so, so things progress from there, and Thor realizes, Thor is like, I gotta get back to Asgard, because Hela has taken it over, and we need to go save it. And it's a process of him convincing Hulk to get back in with him, and uh, Valkyrie to face her fears, because she wasn't Asgardian in the past, that was defeated by Hela, Hela. in an mm-hmm. a epic battle. Um, and so... It's the and then obviously they discover Loki's on the planet and they have some yes. funny moments like Thor telling the story about how when they were kids and Loki turns himself into a snake and then Thor picks up the snake because he loves snakes and then Loki <laughs> turns back into himself and stabs him <laughs> and then you see the smirk on Loki's face like yeah that was funny and then you look you see the the look on Bruce Banner's face he's like you're a monster <laughs> what is wrong with you well classic okay. stuff Anyways, okay yeah, so please this, jump in yeah I'm gonna jump in because um I think we do have to talk about the sibling relationships here because very early on last week Eleanor saw this movie and texted me in the middle of the school day (laughs) so what I've taken from Thor is Mm -hmm. I'm Hela Annie's Loki and Teddy's Thor and I turned to my students particularly one named James who like loves comics and I was like I am so upset. And they're like, what just happened? Why are you angry? And I was like, my sister told me I am Loki. And I don't know much about Thor, but I know that he's a bad character. Wait, she's calling you Loki? She called me Loki because I'm in the, I'm the you, middle are child. Are you mischievous and a, like a trickster? Well, I don't Loki's know. Loki's the youngest. Really? Yeah. Who's the middle child? Thor. Yes! <laughs> Sorry to sorry to sorry to ruin that one for you there, Eleanor, but you're Loki. You <laughs> no, 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 no. She's the oldest. Oh, oh, so then your oh, yeah, your brother like a, is Loki. I'm like hundred percent older. Also, oh, he's not Loki, I don't think. No, he's yeah. not very mischievous. Yeah, so Loki Loki isn't even really an Asgardian, he's a frost giant. Right. That um if you see the first movie, uh, Odin Odin kills some frost giants and he sees this little small abandoned runt baby. Yeah, he's adopted. I guess. And so that. he's smaller than the frost giants, which is why they the frost giants leave him to die. And then using Asgardian magic, they make him look Asgardian or whatever. And so oh, Loki okay. learns all a bunch of magic, like how to make a ghost of himself, which led to another funny moment with Korg where yes. like he's talking to Thor and then like Korg runs and like kicks the ghost. He's like, piss off, ghost. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, no, just of kidding. course. Yeah. <laughs> I I like Loki a lot. I have to say that he's one of my favorite characters again yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, His story is real interesting. Yeah, he's just he's fascinating to me. I was so impressed with Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk about her for a second Please. as a villain because I thought that she number one like looked amazing. She looked so good. She yeah. too skinny. Though. She she chewed that scenery so hard. Yeah. In all her scenes, she just like fully went. Yeah. Menacing, evil woman. Right. Yeah. I think that she looked too skinny, but that made her seem even scarier. Yeah, it made her seem like a real, like, ethereal being or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, girlfriend needs a cheeseburger, <laughs> but, like, she's scary. Yeah. I thought I thought they did a decent job here. The biggest criticism of every MCU movie that's ever came out is that the villain is very, like, two-dimensional. Like, they don't give the villain much to do. They don't really dig into a lot of the villain's motivations. And so that has been the major criticism of Marvel Cinematic Movies, is that the villains... Loki is the exception, because Loki's had multiple movies to do this, because he's in Thor, he's in the Avengers, and then he's in Thor Ragnarok. Right. I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, Thor the Dark World. So yeah, Loki is the exception. Like, Tom Hiddleston does a great job, but like, a lot of the one-off villains, you could call them, like the last villain in the Thor movie, who I won't even get into, this elf named... uh, Oh man, that's hurting me. I can't remember the elf's name now. The dark it's elf. It's okay. Um, but yeah, he was very two-dimensional. Christopher Eccleston, the former Doctor Who doctor, played him. Anywho, 
Um, <laughs> right, right. So I thought I thought Kate Blanchett did a great job. I did too. Yeah, yeah, I was really impressed. Also, Anthony Hopkins. I'm sorry. I kept watching this movie and turning to Tracy and being like, Matt Damon, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Anthony Hopkins was excited. I would agree. Yeah. With that. Oh yeah, he's been in, he's been all three of the films. I think right. you just have to know about Marvel that every famous actor is in, in yeah. one Marvel movie right. somewhere yeah. along right. the line. Okay, right. so I think for some of our listeners, namely our friend Cassie Pontone, we need to dedicate some time to talking about Jeff Goldblum. Absolutely. Without a doubt. He was, he was full on of Goldblumisms. My favorite one is when he's like, uh, he does his, like, his classic Goldblum trail off. He's like, uh, on any other planet, I'd be millions of years old, uh, but on Sakaar... <laughs> kind of I mean, gives a weird look also, like, and like Thor and Loki share a weird look yeah with that yeah his hair is awesome so, like, so. The okay but here's a okay, sidebar with Jeff Goldblum this is actually something I've been thinking about in the last few weeks is okay so it's a fun game to play in Los Angeles right now like who's next in terms of like there will be something coming out about almost everyone naturally and then right. it was like talking to a friend and it was like who would break America We're never like, Goldblum anything mad about Tom like yeah, Tom them. Hanks. Yes. That would yes. Br- crush everyone. That would cause an earthquake in Los Angeles. <laughs> but Jeff Goldblum, I'm honestly kind of surprised nothing has come out yet. Because do you remember like a week or a few weeks ago when it was like the George H. W. Bush and like him in the chair and like being all handsy and stuff? Like that is Jeff Goldblum to a T. Because I, <laughs> like, I have a picture with Jeff Goldblum from when I went to go see him perform with his jazz band. Naturally. Really? What does he play? And uh, the trumpet. Cool. Um, and I like that she did the hand motions. Uh, <laughs> and he's like the handsiest. So I'm like honestly. Oh, like putting, <laughs> like putting his hands all over people. Yeah. Yeah, he's very touchy, isn't he? He's a very touchy person. But I mean, I think that that could beg the question though. Like, what's the difference between touchy and assault? And there is a difference, well, right? Well, I mean, I mean, there's touching, there's assault, and then there's Jeff Goldblum touching, which is always okay. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can say that. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but Jeff Goldblum, I was, again, I had never seen a trailer for this movie, so I was surprised by him being there. Mm-hmm. I wish I was you. I wish I, could, I wish I could not watch these things and be totally surprised by these. Oh. Yeah, he was awesome. It was clearly just a role where it's like, well, it doesn't really matter who we get to play this. Let's just get somebody who's going to be the biggest character possible. And throw him in, just let him be himself, and he—they just let him gold bloom all over the place, like when, like when he melted that guy with his melting stick. And yeah. He's just like, what's? He did a gold bloom thing there. Did you? All right, so major spoilers here, obviously for Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> but did you stay for the end end post credit scene after the whole credits rolled? No. So after so after the entire amount of credits rolled, you see Jeff Goldblum get out of whatever he crashed in, and all the people of Sakar, who's been like his slaves, are kind of like waiting around him, waiting to like take their revenge on him. He's like. He's like, well, you know, uh, I was happy to be the guy that you could all revolt against. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm ha- I, was, I was happy to be the guy that you could all revolt against, so you're welcome. <laughs> and then that's, like, the last thing you see. Like, so you don't know if everybody takes their revenge on him. Oh, I mean, not. I think yeah. they did. Okay. I mean, we'll see. It's left open-ended, right? So Right. I mean, kind f- of. Yeah. So fun fact about him, he is the brother, canonically, of another character that we've seen in the MCU by the name of the Collector played by Benicio mm. del Toro who's that in Guardians of the they Galaxy. Look a lot alike. So they're brothers in the in the oh. films. They're they're both millions year old beings 
uh, called like the elders of the universe, I believe, and so they're brothers, and so they always have these competitions with each other in the comics, like to like collect these champions and they can fight against each other. Oh. Yeah. So, so uh, collector Benicio del Toro is in Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you see that, oh. if you see that, you'll get. I that saw piece the of it. first five minutes of it yes. on Monday night, and I liked the first five yeah. minutes. Yeah, Guardians Guardians 1 also provides the best example for what the Infinity Stones are and, like, how they fit into the whole greater narrative that Marvel's trying to tell here. That's, like, legitimately, like, what they're all about. Right. Wait, what is is this? This He explained to this. So, yeah, at the the beginning, there's all these MacGuffins. Like, everybody's trying to get the MacGuffins. Oh, those things, yes. But, like, what are these So, So Thanos, so in the comics, they're actually called Infinity Gems. For some reason in the movies, they call them Infinity Stones. Why that make that change, I have no idea. Whatever. I'm crazy. I don't listen. So, it's yeah, like so the way to make every, all these separate movies that they're doing to tie them together so that they can have uh, all these yeah, and so, united movies. And so it, this Got May, it. when Avengers Infinity War comes out, all of these MacGuffins are going to be tied into the big Good. overarching story that they've been building up to since 2008. And also it's going to allow them to have like every single actor and every single character in one movie. Who's yeah. directing that one? That is the... Uh, the Russo brothers who did Winter Soldier and Civil War. Oh, both of I saw both those movies yeah. unintentionally. Yeah. Like I literally was like on a family vacation in North Carolina. Do you remember that, Eleanor? And they made us go I to do, Winter. And we wanted to go. Well, listen, we were trying to see Draft Day, and then weirdly, Draft Day was sold out, and Winter Soldier wasn't. That is shocking. That movie was sold out. Yeah. About the I, NFL okay, draft. I love Draft Day. Yeah, like, same thing. That's crazy. Yeah, like. Don't say anything bad about Draft I won't. Day. I literally just... watched it like a week and a half ago, and it was as compelling <laughs> as the first time I saw it. Like, I'll, I'll have just, to. It, there's so much tension in it, and it's funny. Oh my god. I love that. That's with Kevin Costner, right? It is. Yeah. I, 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 sports movies. So. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing the previews Kevin. for that. I remember seeing the previews for that. I'm like, how good can this be? No, but, it was good. But I, yeah, I will definitely check it out on your recommendation. But so yeah, Eleanor and I were kind of forced to see Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with how much I liked it. I would yeah. have to say, like, so the ones I've been surprised at. So Jason had pulled up a whole list of the Marvel comic. Marvel movie universe. I just said those words in the wrong order, and I recognize that. But um, I've seen nine out of the seventeen. I think is what we decided. That's good. Yeah, and I have to say that like the two that I was most surprised by were Captain America: The Winter Soldier and Ant Man. I was surprised at how much I liked them. Yeah. I was surprised at how bad Iron Man Two was. Yeah, Um. that's definitely. I think that's that is definitely the low point of the MCU in many people's eyes. I would I would sort of agree with that too. Yeah, Iron Man Two was really just a stepping stone. I feel like to get people more ready for Avengers. It was definitely like. Not more so a self-contained story, but more of like we're setting up this and we're setting up that, and so get ready for this. John Favreau didn't direct Iron Man two. He did right? do he did do Iron Man two. He didn't do Iron I Man three. Sure. Shane Black okay. did Iron Man three. But Iron Man three is really good. It's very buddy. But cop. John Favreau was in one of these movies. He's in he? he's in several. So he's he's plays a character called Happy Hogan. Yes. Who is Iron Man's like chauffeur, like right hand man. Yes. So he's been in one. He's been Danny in two. Has a personal connection to John Favreau, so that's. You've seen Spider-Man, right? Yeah. I saw Spider-Man. Yeah. He's in Spider-Man. That's where he's yeah, he's got yes. a, he's got, that's probably his most prominent so role. So Eleanor and I went to see Casablanca on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. in L.A. a couple years ago, and we sat right behind John Favreau and his son. Cool. Daughter. Yeah. Daughter. 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 I was, like, flipping out the whole time. Because... Gender. Did you see? Shut it! Did you see Chef? 
Yes, I like Was Chef. That good? Yeah, I, I like Chef. Okay, so um, we should start kind of wrapping up. So why don't we talk about whether or not we think kids should see this movie? Mm. And like what, what, or what age, or, or no, no, like what, what's the significance of it? What, what could they learn from this movie? Mm, that's a good question. So, what could kids learn from this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no, no, I'll take that one first. Then. Go ahead. Because yeah. One part we hadn't talked about, which is, I again like Iron Man or Thor is not really my thing, um, but I did want to see this movie particularly because of the director and because it is a pretty notable film in Australian film history for being like among the biggest productions to ever be filmed on the continent. And Thor I Ragnarok have, or all the Thors? Just Thor Ragnarok. Um, and I love Australian film. What I particularly appreciate about this director is he's Maori, so New Zealand indigenous, but it was filmed in Australia and he was very intentional about casting indigenous peoples as extras, mm-hmm. which I thought was like really interesting. And then additionally, it was that he made note that he, some of the iconography used throughout was like the Maori indigenous flag and then the Aboriginal Australian flag, which are beautiful if you haven't seen them. So I thought that was really cool. And Jeff Goldblum, one of his like right hand women, who was like super intense. Yeah. She's Rachel. Do you know? So that's yeah, Rachel she's, House. Yeah, she's in she's several Moana's of his movies. Grandmother. Who's she's Moana's grandmother? Oh, oh really? She yeah. looks like Moana's she's, grandmother. She she's in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. How do you guys see all these movies? And he also did uh, Eagle versus Shark. Did you see that yeah. one? Yeah. He's a great director. Yeah. Danny, you would Hunt for the Wilder People is like so silly. Mm-hmm. It's the silliest. Yeah. You, I mean, if you liked the character that he played, you would enjoy this film. Yeah. Okay. Well, who knows? Okay. How about you? <laughs> so what, what could children learn from this? Well, I mean, your earlier question was, should children see this? Yeah. There's a couple jokes in there that probably not, like there's like an orgy joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that probably was like, nah. But I mean, ugh. I mean, the violence is what it is. Yeah. Personally, my big thought was... The, the gun scene that I like really took oh. away and I really really oh. like I thought of like our kids who were seeing it like the one joke where he like makes it like I found these in Texas and like he names them I was like okay whatever but I didn't think they'd be coming back in such a significant way where like he saves the day like yeah. where he's like shooting people in like With a his, blaze yeah, of glory yeah. and so he was making it seem like how great it is to just yeah. like shoot people like it and, and the, the, the yeah. shot of that too like they made it seem so cool and i was like this is not okay yeah. that's a that's so interesting i like that didn't occur to me that's a that's a, that's probably fan service like, right there because for, for us like we can differentiate but yeah. for kids right. i just feel yeah. like that was no that's that that scene was definitely fan service for the longtime comic book fans because that image of scourge with the double machine guns is straight out of the comics Oh, that's a, that's a straight out of the comic scene. Oh, and then, like, I, like, that makes yeah. sense. And like yeah. again, like we can pull that out, but like it, yeah. again, like with so much stuff that's going on, like that, yeah. that image that's just like oh, yeah. and it just like makes guns even yeah. more commonplace. Right. So yeah, so I guess so I guess like the the message kids could take away is like you know I guess the power is in you. You got to believe in yourself, and you're not your accessories. Like Thor is always so hung up on his hammer. 
but you know, as as one of the greatest lines that Odin, as one of the greatest line Odin says, you know, you're the god of thunder, not the god of hammers, right? Yes. So that was a, that yes. was a really sweet line. I yeah, thought by I would Odin. agree. Yeah. Well, so in that sense, I do think that this movie has a good message for kids, and I, for the very same reason, it's like Thor was powerful because of who he was, mm-hmm. and not because of what he had or like you know any yeah. one thing or any one person. And I think that's a powerful image. I don't love the representation of women in this movie. And I love that Hela is so powerful and like she's kick ass and Kate Planchette does a good job. But it's like Kate, the two main female characters are Kate Planchette, who's like the evilest person mm-hmm. ever, right? Tessa and Thompson. then we have Valkyrie, mm-hmm. who is drunk pretty much all the time mm-hmm. and and is very reluctant to do anything kind mm-hmm. of of value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think you might be happy to hear that they cut the whole romantic subplot between Thor and her out of the movie. Oh, it good. Seem like, yeah, I, like it was. I thought that was refreshing to see that you know the main female lead in the movie wasn't the love interest. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And I do think one of the things though too that speaking to Thor is like he constantly was saying like that's what a hero does. So like talking kind of like about leadership. Mansplaining. Like, like, yeah. No, no, no. Well. Like a good thing. Like he's like <laughs> right. saying like this uh, is how you step up. This yeah. is like like how you be a good person and like making the statement like yeah. you have to do something yeah. or no one else will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Thor had some surprisingly poignant moments in this movie. Like when he's in the elevator with Loki. And he's like, you know, our paths diverged a long time ago. He I know. Goes, I'm me, and you're you, and Loki's kind of like, you, that's the moment where he hits him. He's like, huh. And then they're like, you want to do get help? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, no, I hate get help. Don't make me do get help. It's, it's that embarrassing. That is so funny. He's like, it's not embarrassing for me. <laughs> that's, I thought that My was brother's funny. brother's get help. Good stuff. That was funny. Okay, so excellent. Great so discussion. Are we done already? Yeah, oh, we are thirty. I have three more pages of notes <laughs> to get through. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're just gonna have to so get long. you for another comic ha- book movie. I am happy to do this anytime. Well, good. The next one is Black, Black Panther, Panther, and um, I cannot and wait. I'm so oh, excited! Oh, can, I am... can I can I be your chief comic book correspondent? Yes. Chief comic book movie correspondent. Eleanor, are you okay with that? Do you hear that? Totally. And can, <laughs> and, and, and can you introduce me as that in the next podcast? This is our chief yeah. comic book movie correspondent, Jason Race. Jason Race, yes. Excellent. Your new, yes, I love it. Okay, so before we sign off, we always talk about where in the world we'd want to go right now. Should we have any way to get there? Asgard. Okay. Just kidding. Asgard. Asgard's gone. We can't, right? Okay. Oh, Spoilers, okay. Asgard's destroyed. What? Spoiler. <laughs> um, okay, so where in the world would you want to go? I'd probably want to go to Scandinavia. I've never been there. It looks really nice. I'd like to check it out. I hear they pay their teachers as much as doctors and lawyers over they there. They do. So, I'd so like they're to very much more respected. Yeah. Anyways, I'd go to Scandinavia. Tracy? Um, we've been talking a lot about Australia today. I miss it. I want yes. to go back. <laughs> we have been talking about Australia a lot today. Um, I'm feeling someplace like warm. Yeah. So I'm actually getting excited for Mexico. Eleanor and I are headed there over Christmas. So, Mexico. Eleanor, where would you go? That's a big divergent from where you guys were going to go. <laughs> it is, but this is what we do. Um, 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 okay, so, sorry, something just came up at work. This is one of the problems with, like, I've, like, already worked a full day from, like, 8 until 5, but then because my office is still on the West Coast, like, um. they're still at work, and so, like, I got distracted, so I actually deeply care about where you want to go but if someone were to like ask me on the pain of death like where did jason and you want to go 
I'd be like, mm, sorry, <laughs> but dog. Then think like fast. The first place that comes to your mind, oh, no, where no, do you want to go? Yeah, no, no, okay, you go, you go. Eleanor, we all went. You're the last one. <laughs> hey, focus on the podcast, Eleanor. <laughs> for coming mm-hmm. on uh, you mm-hmm. can find this on all of the streaming platforms um, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and iTunes iTunes we're on it all our students keep reminding me that we should make something on YouTube which is I'm less inclined to because mm. then I'd have to look like something and not just mm. this or not necessarily just get like a still image up there I listen to podcasts on YouTube all the time um, one of my oh. one of my favorite podcasts is called the Top Ten Show. Like the two hosts, they like they pick a topic like top ten like Marvel movies or right. top ten like ensemble films, and they each make their own top ten list and they like reveal it a little bit at a time and then oh. they combine oh. then they combine their lists for a total show top ten and they fight about it and they argue it's good stuff. Oh, you just put the called the Top Ten the Show. Yeah. Talk on it. Oh, yeah. maybe we get more listeners. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, bye <laughs> listeners. Bye Al. Bye. Okay. Are you hanging up on me?